Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Hi everyone, welcome to Missed Apex Podcast, powered by SpannersReady.com, providing podcast, blogs and general entertainment. Hire us to produce your podcast by going to SpannersReady.com forward slash hire us. I'm joined by the magnificent Matt Two Rumpets. How's it going, Matt? Ah, it's going pretty well, you know, got the race review done and published and here I am scant minutes later, mostly clad and ready for the broadcast. You know, I wildly underestimated how much time we were going to have between the end of the race and recording this. Yes, I think we all were hoping it would be more, but hey, no safety car at least. No, no safety car and I think if it had gone any later, I would be seriously damaging my actual career that pays money. Matt, I've wrestled the hosting chair back from you, and I actually listened to Tech Time three times to make sure I fully understood all the techie stuff. Brilliant. And do you understand it? No. One more pass. I'll give it one more pass and see if I can stay awake <laughs> through the first three minutes this time. <laughs> hey, uh, for yeah. anyone who missed the Tech Time or only listened to it, we released the full video of the Tech Time show on summer's f1 youtube channel so that might be a nice place to go and look at matt's face indeed and it is a pretty thing no doubt for those of you just finding us or those of you have found us only through the tech time podcast we are an independent f1 podcast but we are delighted to be featured syndicated on a couple of other feeds one of which is downforce radio downforce radio has the biggest collection of regular motorsport shows anywhere on the internet Join Eurosport and Le Mans 24-hour commentator Jake Sanson for Motorsport Quiz Pitboard at 8 o'clock on Thursdays. So, what are we giving you that you can't get elsewhere? We are giving you a race review by your Monday morning commute. Usually we have a little bit more time than this, Matt, to get together things. But I like this because everyone's going to give us their raw opinion now. They're not going to have been from on forums or on Facebook pages. This This is like their raw opinion, not just a mishmash of the sort of group think of the internet. Yeah, it's true. There's less time for picking up other people's opinions because there's uh, been less time to hear them. But even at that, I'm sh- I am sure that the listeners will already have their preset minds made up. 
Yeah, on certain incidents. Some people are quite partisan to one driver or another. That's something I've found. I'll tell you who's never partisan, because he wants to be a full-time, proper FIA-type person. It's teeny-tiny Chris Stevens. How you doing, Chris? I'm great, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. No one ever asks me, so I was a bit bit surprised. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm fine. It's oh, a little well, warm. I'm, I'm a nice person. I may be teeny-tiny. By the way, I'm 5'11", so... But you're 12, um, <laughs> and we, we don't use naughty words on the on the uh, Miss Apex show. Oh, well, you must be the one who's teeny tiny if you think that's a, a naughty word. Well, the idea for you yeah. listeners is that we are going to be safe Ooh. for work. I would like it if my six-year-old could listen to this podcast without learning any words that are going to get me into trouble, because he will listen to this. Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely fine. There are storms here in South Bedfordshire, so the live stream might have to put up with some intermittent internet connection. I've already had two power outages during the race. Uh, joining us as well is another pointlessly young human. It's Ryan Fer- Ferris from E-Radio Show. Hi, Ryan. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good. I should I say from E Radio Show, also from the Downforce Radio commentary team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you could hear me. Yeah, uh, do, doing some sort of talking at uh, Castle Coombe. I promise you, if Ryan doesn't sound that exciting to you, you wait until there's some engines revving and some noise going. Don't be fooled by his chilled out podcast demeanor. He has risked being kicked out of many a race circuit. And rounding up the panel is the entire of the chat room every single person who's responded to the call to come onto Ustream and join our live chat is being headed up and the voice of the chat room is tony thunderbeast barnard hey t i'm something in broad beans why i pet that's my impression no. of you imaginative as usual sorry t are you speaking english <laughs> oh don't start that like someone said that last week or the week before <laughs> no no oh, they said the funniest the thing. guy speaking english is the ball guy speaking english that's quite funny Tell you what's not funny. Me trying to compose a funny tweet in our pre-race tidbits. So what could be better than a martini-liveried Williams crashing into the barrier with a brand new Heineken sponsor? He crashed in there. There's the picture of the two sponsors side by side, the wreck of the car, Massa staggering away, and I'm sitting there going, well, obviously I've got to compose a hilarious tweet. But there was nothing. The picture said everything. There were no words left. Well, I never thought of it was, <laughs> that way. I was too busy looking at the rear end of his car thinking, that's going to need a new gearbox, new engine, stuff like that. How much damage did he get away with in the end? That's the difference between you and me, Spanners. Uh, I, I think he had a new engine. Um, definitely some new rear suspension um, was, was needed on that. Did you find it interesting, Tony? I don't know if you caught this. I know you like to look at the human element. But just before that session, Felipe Massa had been in the press talking about how Lewis Hamilton needs to concentrate a bit more, cut down on his party lifestyle and, you know, double down and focus. And then he goes and bins it in the wall. Uh, how dare he comment on how someone else conducts himself? He's not his dad. <laughs> I know, Can you believe that? Like the neck on him. I don't think so, mate. You just stick to your own car and focus on not putting yours into the wall and let other people crack on. It's a weird one. Yeah, it is. Go on, go on, Matt. It's not like they have a history either, Hamilton and Massa. <laughs> it's just such an odd attack because, like, Massa's about my age. I think he's about, what, 34, 35? And Hamilton's, like, 31. So it's not like it's a wizened old vet giving a rookie life advice, is it? So, like, you're talking to Ryan then? I'm, I'm twice Ryan's age. By the time Ryan went to school, I could drive a truck. 
true story barely no barely i crashed it seven times that is a story <laughs> for another time no uh, no i think the problem massa had was was with his drs yeah it was a reattachment of the of the flow to the drs just caused a rear well, end to go on him it wasn't that it was just the the fact that the drs didn't close full stop i think yeah was the word from the team and then uh the, i was gonna say that was pretty much it for interesting things in practice but young magnuson goma i was gonna say magnuson did do rather more damage to his car with his crash and entertainingly enough let slip that the team had just thrown the tires on while they were still cold <laughs> yeah they it, didn't put them in the blankets was... i mean yeah they're saying like the ultrasoft tires got such a narrow operating window do you know what might help with that putting them in the blanket if only there was some system of warming the tires uh yeah but um magnuson's interview was one of those classic sorry my fault not my fault wasn't it it was uh, yeah no i mean i don't know what happened I'm, I'm not blaming anyone but the tires were colder than normal uh do you know and it was just one of those hey i don't want to i don't want to criticize anyone but the tire blankets so yeah <laughs> excellent yeah so uh we go into qualifying isn't it fascinating, guys, that Rosberg gets credit in the media for almost getting pole? Because I think everyone's like, well, Hamilton's this god around Montreal. And a lot of the comments were, well, well, well Rosberg was close. That was, that, was, that was good, wasn't it? You know, that's, that's good for Rosberg. It was uh, a telling thing from the media, perhaps. Well, they're, they're desperate because... Unlike Monaco's qualifying, which actually turned out to be rather exciting, uh, this was just kind of dull. I mean, you know, yeah. you did have the Harianto crash and you did have signs wrecking his car, but it just didn't seem to be a lot of drama in it, despite the fact that it seemed like it could rain at any second. I don't really know why it was, but that that's what it seemed like to me. The well, thing is, is that Mercedes have this habit of, um, you know, play, really sandbagging right up until Q2, which is when they all of a sudden turn up to 11 and give it the full beans. And, you know, that, that that's always the session that is, you know, the true pace difference between Mercedes and the rest of the field. And so I think at that point, we kind of knew it was going to be a showdown between Lewis and, and Nico. And um, I mean, to be fair to, you know, Nico, he'd been somewhat off Lewis's pace um, throughout practice. So I think what, what the media's credit was, you know, how much he gained on Lewis in that time. Go on, Matt. Yeah. And he gained it because he spent the evening staring at Lewis's data. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that's that. Buddy. <laughs> he, he borrowed the answers from his teammate is, is why, but to be fair, I, it's gone the other way around. Too. I was going to say in Spain and Monaco, exactly. didn't they say he, that Nico had, had, uh, had given his, his data to Hamilton, but I mean, that's not, that's not like a big thing anymore. Is it? Because we had talk of Verstappen taking Ricardo's setup. I've know the McLaren people have talked about it. Why does it get particular attention when Rosberg and Hamilton end up sharing a setup? Because apparently, you know, Nico is not as good as a, a driver as, as Lewis. Um, I say apparently, I've said this in the past um, what, to some degree. Which way do you but, go then? What, what do you think is the natural gap between them? Um, it's around two, three tenths, isn't it? To be honest, yeah. unless Nico manages to really perfect the car, then, you know, he's, he's right on Lewis's pace or quicker. Well, there we go then. So it, maybe it was a good lap from him. Not as good as a, a lap as Vettel. Because 
do we really think, do we really think the Ferrari is now just about a tenth off of the Mercedes? I don't think so. I think we saw something special and I'm no Sebastian Vettel fan. Yeah, they did come up, uh, they did work very hard on their tires. They they come to the conclusion it was the tires that were really causing them trouble. And their outlap and their betting in lap was much faster than they'd previously been running. So that was one major reason why you saw them doing better in qualifying. But Vettel definitely took it just about to 10 tenths, I'd say, and, and on that lap. New turbo for uh, Vettel as well, which uh, helped massively. That's put them, you know, right up there with Mercedes now. Wait, wait, wait. New turbo just for Vettel? I believe it's just for Vettel. I don't think Raikkonen is running it just yet. He might get it for Baku. Can anyone confirm? Can anyone in the chat room confirm? Because I was going to give Kimmy some right abuse for looking proper ordinary all weekend. But I suppose if he didn't get an update. You could because he kept on locking it up going into the final chicane. Yeah, so did Vettel as well. Yeah, Vettel did as well. In, In qualifying? No. No, no, no. Oh, well, I was going to say yeah, holy but, but. foreshadowing Batman, <laughs> but you did not allow me the opportunity to do that. I'll make an edit. Despite I'll make an edit. Your little sermon on cross-talking. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I'll make a little edit just for you so it looks like you nailed that foreshadowing <laughs> line. Uh, but no others, okay, including Chris's poopy mouth earlier in the Uh-oh. podcast. Uh, okay, uh, Tony, the chat room has piped up. All right, yeah, they've answered your question. Danilo Schoenberg, both Ferraris had the new turbo, other Ferrari teams haven't. That is the fat hippo contributing. I hope we hear from him later. So maybe it was a, a little bit woeful uh, for Kimi or that. Well, mind you, in Monaco, they said, oh, well, Monaco doesn't suit Kimi. Are they, they going to say that about Canada? Well, Canada doesn't suit. Well, Baku, that, well, Silverstone, that Formula One doesn't suit Kimi Raikkonen. Bye-bye, Kimi. Oh, Ken disagrees. First I've heard, only one turbo for Vettel. Oh, interesting. I'll Controversy. Google it. Okay, do. Google oh, it. It's going to kick off. <laughs> Go on, what was oh, that, Matt? The fight in the chat room. I was going to say, well, F1 may not suit Raikkonen, but it sure suits him a whole lot better than, like, say, NASCAR trucks. You'll have to give us some or history rally. on that. Go on, give us some quick history on that, then. Ah, you don't recall? No. The the, the lost years of Kimi Raikkonen. I thought he did. Ferrari bought out yeah. his contract and he went and did rallying. Yeah, he also did some uh, some some trucks racing for NASCAR, too. Let's just say that it was less than stellar <laughs> <laughs> results for him. Go on, Chris. I have an answer. Both Ferraris have the upgraded turbo. Phew. Okay, I didn't upset Vivian Bove for no reason then. That's that's oh, good. <laughs> What's your opinion on uh, Kimi Raikkonen, Ferret? Um, yeah, I, I quite I quite like him. Uh, but uh, yeah, it seems I I don't know. I think the only reason he's possibly staying in Ferrari is the fact that Vettel wants him as a teammate. Uh, although Vettel did hint. Um, uh, before the race weekend, that uh, he doesn't mind uh, Ferrari keeping uh, Raikkonen or offering uh, Ricardo a contract. Well, that's interesting, but also I don't believe him at all. I think he's pushing very hard. Yeah, Matt's nodding as well. I think he'll be pushing very hard for Raikkonen to stay because it's fantastic for him. And then going, hey, no, I mean, if if Ricardo comes, that's great. You must keep Kimi. I will give you all the money. You just have the money and you keep Kimi Raikkonen here. I look amazing. 
Hippo will agree in the chat room that that was an amazing and accurate German accent. Okay, uh, just a couple more points in qualifying before we go to the race. Uh, I hope you listeners don't mind that I try and keep it to an hour. We've, we've been, we've done two hour F1 podcasts in the past. Uh, yes, we will compromise sometimes getting attention to detail and doing the team by team. But frankly, I think there are enough podcasts out there that do the team by team thing very well. Much better than we could ever hope to. The McLaren boys, again, one of them got into top 10. And Button, very handily, gave Alonso a toe down the back straight. And then sort of made sure the whole world knew about it. Well, he'd been uh, quicker than Fernando yeah, through practice. Through. Yeah. Which was, you know, he just didn't have it when... It matter- well, I say that on that lap, he was about a tenth up on Fernando coming out of the hairpin. So I do genuinely believe his his toe comments. So was it a, sorry? Was it a deliberate ploy or uh, uh, deliberate from Fernando? Maybe. All right. So Not it wasn't. Gents, so it wasn't. It wasn't like Massa and uh, Alonso in Monza a few years back, where they staged it with Massa going out in front to give him a toe down. Hockenheim. That- no, no, it was Monza. Oh, come on. Oh, do you mean in qualifying? Yeah, in qualifying. Ryan, were you about oh, to pipe yeah. up? But mind you, back then they did it. They did both. So Massa would give Alonso a toe and then Alonso would give Massa a toe as well. Ryan? Yeah, um, yeah, that was the thing. That was the Ferrari party trick that they used to do. They used to go out and show off the crowd that, yeah, we can get out first. But anyway, um, I think... Uh, we had Hulkenberg uh, on Friday saying that they believed that Button's pace was genuine and that he'd feel worried during qualifying and uh, during the race because of his pace. But, um, yeah, definitely. Um, I I think because of how limited to time they were, it just, it just, it was a thing that happened. I don't think uh, Button intended for that to happen. It just, it just happened. Yeah, it was, they were just, they were high on gasoline. They were happy. You know, the moment just got away and things just happened. Things just happen, don't they, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say I'm genuinely amazed by McLaren's pace in Montreal. It's a circuit that really shouldn't suit um, their car. If, you know, we, we still think that the Honda power unit is is down on the rest of the field. And yet on a track that features a lot of high-speed stretches with no real performance upgrades. They've got a new turbo here as well, but that was more for reliability than um, performance or horsepower or deployment. So uh, yeah, really impressive by them. Go on, Matt. I I mean, I'm going to foreshadow what you're going to say by saying that although they've got the out and out pace, perhaps on one lap, it's their race pace that's the problem. Yeah, well, and and that that was part of what that turbo I thought was intended to do was help them with the region issue they'd had. And that was particularly notable at Canada last year where they would just be, you know, 160 horsepower down by the time they got to the last third of the lap. <laughs> yeah. And also, wouldn't they supposed to have a new sort of fuel uh, mixture in uh, uh, for this race, which Ferrari did last season and Ferrari managed to get 70 brake horsepower out of just like changing around and messing about with the fuel. Yeah, Petronas found uh, similar performance gains for Mercedes. But yeah, Esso did bring an upgraded fuel, which Eric Boulier reckons is worth about a tenth of a second. Um, but let me tell you, so McLaren's performance gains from, say, the last couple of races, I'd say that's more than a tenth. Excellent. Look, guys, uh, we're going to move on to the race and stuff. But wasn't it interesting quickly that Manor 
had a car finish ahead of both Sauber's. Like Sauber are, are in desperate trouble. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you're still paying the five drivers you hired last year. Yeah, but you never know. Developing your car this year. Yeah, but you never know. And if you get five drivers, at least you have them. At least you have them if you need them. Oh, I think Verline was. I think Verline was fourth in the speed trap, so that would have helped Mercedes oh, motor in the back of that. On a track like this, Harrianto had a lock up and he crashed out and wasn't able to match Verline. But it's the Renaults I wanted to talk about as a as a last thing. Obviously, came out disappointing that he was out. Interesting that the whole paddock seems to call him K-Mag as well. Like, he's, it's it's the same as, like, the um, John Eric Verne syndrome, where his name has just been lost to the ether. He is just now K-Mag. Too many syllables. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so obviously he's out. He misses the qualifying. And I've been fascinated with the Renault team battle, if you like. Um, so I was really disappointed that Magnussen wasn't there, so we couldn't see Palmer's pace. Because obviously, as a, a British guy, we're all rooting for him, but he, he doesn't look to be on the pace. And I'd really have loved to see where K-Mag was to put his performance into some perspective. Do you know how much he missed uh, Q2 by? Yeah, a tenth or a hundredth, was it? 0. 0.015. Well, that's a short amount of time. I get that. It, 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 was, it was fairly close-ish, closer than they'd been, but... It's but it's it's all down to the money, isn't it? If Renault's not, if Carlos goes and's not going to put the money into it, how are they going to be doing any better than Lotus when Genie was not putting money into them? Although actually they did, they sank a lot of money into it, but just it's not enough. Yeah, they weren't willing to really commit to it the way, let's say, you know, a a manufacturer commits to it. You're going to get what you get. And as the works team, I'm willing to give them a bit of time to get up and running. But I'm just I'm just wondering. I know. Palmer's had a bit of bad luck. I'm just wondering if his stock is really is being damaged race after race. He's he's not coming across well. It is rather unfairly, I'd have to say. Palmer's it doesn't have the um, biggest stock in the paddock, and like I said, rather unfairly because I I do think he's rather underrated as a driver. You know, you don't win a GP2 championship by mistake, and he really impressed me in the first race of the season. Tony, before we go on to the race, anything from the chat room? Yeah, a few things. Uh, Danilo Schomburg, uh, Sauber could be saved by sacking Carlton Bourne and uh, Vortex Mortior. Carlton Bourne owns Sauber and you know it. And uh, Anonymous bloody blah said, leave Kimmy alone. He knows what he is doing. Not really. Time for him to go. Uh, Again, more people asking for subtitles for me, which is hurtful. Uh, But you'll all miss me when I'm gone, so... Just think about that next oh, time you take uh, out. I wasn't ready to tell people that you might not be available in the future. Let's just, let's just, let's just. I was speaking in general terms. You just gave it away. Oh no! No, I did. You I completely like got hit by a bus or something. Oh, oh I wish I was. Uh, I wish I was significantly better at podcasting. But if you want to come on and do a slightly better job, why don't you call in on Skype on your phone? Yeah, just add Spanners Ready on Skype. Call in, add me as a contact. I'll accept and I'll I'll answer the call. Uh, But just bear in mind that I will answer the call and then I'll go to you. Not like someone last week who's going, hello, hello, because that'll make me sort of hang up. But uh, yeah, so on to the race review brought to you by Spanners Log. Why not? At SpannersReady.com, as well as the F1 articles. Did you just say Spanners Log? Yes. What, What are you implying? 
it has some uh, remarkably septic well, connotations on this side of the pond. Well, I, people keep saying stuff like that. I don't, I don't really understand. It's, it's like a captain's log, but it's mine. It's Spanner's log. <laughs> so anyway, apart from the fantastic... Okay. Formula One articles from F1 historian Carlo Carluccio, who did a great Canadian history GP series, uh, which some people on Reddit called the worst articles they've ever read, uh, which I, I thought I quite liked them. And somebody said, it's just an angry man yelling at clouds. Yes. No, you're missing the point. Yes, it's an angry man yelling at clouds. We are, in fact, now going to change the title to angry man yelling at crowds. <laughs> Also, you're going to got the fat hippo there with some fantastically hilarious rants. He, uh, he had me laughing out loud at my desk. Uh, but if you click on the Spanners Log section, if you can find it, you can get some little insights from me. I'm not a great writer, so if you want writ- literary genius, the library is that way. But they are my thoughts if you're interested in them. Yes, Chris? Nothing. I was just going to say literary genius uh, right here. Okay, pointing. Where? <laughs> Where? I think Tony may have a comment or two from the chat room. <laughs> Any comments, Tony? Uh, just uh, when you were, there's a little bit of a delay, so I'll just tell people out. It's when you were talking about Spanner's Log, and Ken was like, Spanner's Log? Oh, so, so what's dropping, Spanner's? <laughs> I, I, again, I'm completely lost. <laughs> is, it, is it a long log? Do, do, do we have time? To... It's, it's quite long, yeah. I don't understand the, the question, about 700 words. I don't, I can... oh, okay. Anything else, T? No, that's okay. Let's go to the first major talking point. Ooh, how I love to hear music from Matt Trumpets. Any excuse at all to play music from Matt Trumpets' lovely trumpet. Turn one. Turn one. Is turn one ever not interesting this year? We've had some fantastic turn ones. Because Lewis Hamilton, very, very fast in qualifying. Not very good at starting from no miles an hour. Yeah, and that's been Mercedes' bet noir the entire season. Yeah. And it may have been exacerbated by the fact that he was running more downforce than his teammate at the start of the race. An interesting setup change pointed to by James Allen. Well, um, Hamilton did uh, make a comment after the race that he might have overheated his clutch on the uh, warm-up lap uh, or, or while sitting on the grid. Um, but that might be why he didn't quite have a good a start as Nico did. Do you know, have they got that new clutch in yet? Uh, I don't know. Um, I haven't heard anything from the team about it. Um, but uh, I, I'll tell you what, I'm going to the Goodwood Festival of Speed in a couple of weeks. I'll find out there. Groovy, because I, I, I've been been very curious. I, I'm kind of hoping they don't get around to it because it's made the whole races much more interesting. Hasn't it? know that Mercedes almost oh. certainly won't be in the lead. <laughs> can I? Can I just? Can I just say? I barring um, you know, this race. I think for the last like four races, you know, Mercedes have had good starts. I think it's just the Ferrari that manages to get off the line brilliantly. And did you see Vettel just fly away? Yes, from I did. Third place. Start of the year. Yes, I did, Chris. And I've just got to say that you don't have to say every time, can I just say? You you definitely can say. It's a podcast. <laughs> it's literally the only thing we're here for. But yeah, what a start. And the thing is, he it was so fast. I was just thinking of like all the old style computer games where the, it will go three, 
two, one. And you always have to like press accelerator, like just as the two was disappearing. And that was the thought that came to my head was like, yeah, he nailed it just after two. There is somebody who played Mario Kart. Definitely. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he got the perfect start. But it was it was almost comically faster, wasn't it? He had to jump out of the way of Lewis Hamilton. It's not very often you see three three wide into turn one. Yeah, well, yeah. It, and that doesn't go, guys. It doesn't go. I want to hear from Ryan Ferris. What did you make of the two Merc boys at turn one? Because I don't know. Because we've been talking about Formula E, and you're wrong about everything on that. And I don't know which side of the, the Rosberg-Hamilton fence you are. So th- consider this your first missed apex test. The correct answer well, is Lewis does no wrong. I am I am the more of a fan of uh, Rosberg than I am uh, Lewis. Traitor! Uh, On the Queen's in... birthday as well. Shocking. <laughs> but, uh, to, to... <laughs> that was yesterday, wasn't it? Well, it's close. <laughs> I don't think she's going to be happy that you're not supporting but... a three-time world champion. But anyway, carry on. But... Uh, anyway, I think, well, to be honest, I think Rosberg shouldn't have gone on the outside because we all knew what was going to happen. He'd go into yep. the corner and then uh, sort of Lewis understeered into the corner as sort of you would have expected and sort of taken the line and banged into Rosberg. Rosberg, because of his car being under such load, the bang sort of caused him to uh, have a snap of oversteer. But because it had been raining before, he had to miss the grass or else he'd have just spun out and taken people, uh, everyone out. So he had to sort of divert and go across the tarmac, which pretty much set him back midfield. So to be honest, I think it was a racing incident. It's um, it's unfortunate we haven't seen Lewis's onboard because I'd quite like to see what his steering wheel uh, was doing on his approach to turn one. I mean, it was very aggressive, bit cheeky, very on the limit. But um, I can I can understand if he would have just simply understeered into him. Hasn't yeah. he just got that understeer excuse just down pat? Because we've heard this a well, few I'll, times. You know how low have the temperatures been? I mean, that ultra soft tyre needs, you know, two laps warming up. And uh, there's no way that in the warm-up lap he would have been able to attack turn one properly. So I think, he, you know, that's probably the best place to use the understeer excuse okay but you, you know i'm hamfosi you know i'm a massive lewis hamilton fan but if he didn't have understeer if he had all the grip in the world if he had a super mega ultra megatron soft and he that, would that was hotter than run nico out of exactly, that was hotter than the sun uh, he would still have run nico off uh okay so i i really i i honestly think that probably by the letter of the law it's a racing incident fine Hamilton's been too aggressive there. But this has happened time and time again. Rosberg has deliberately hung himself out to dry on the outside. Now, uh, I think it was Andrew Benson was talking about... No, I've misaccredited that. Talking about how Hamilton has a knack of putting drivers in a 50-50 situation, like Ayrton Senna used to do, which was, we're going to crash if you don't yield. And Rosberg knows this. And he's put himself on the outside once again. What did he think was going to happen? He had to know that Hamilton was going to come in and, and take him out. And instead of holding his ground, he he dived out of the way. Now, I know he got hit and you're saying he got a snap of oversteer. But I think he, he did, I don't want to say bottle it, but he avoided the accident by going off. Because there would have been an accident had he had he not done that. But we, we've seen it so many times now where he's gone around the outside, chickened out and, and run off. And you have to say... 
I think I said it at Austin one time, had he just eased off and slotted in behind, his race would have been much better and he'd be further ahead in the championship right now. Ryan? Well, I think what it was, was Rosberg was conscious of the fact that Hamilton's really fast around this circuit. So I think Rosberg knew that he had to come out of the, the first corner f- uh, in front of Hamilton yeah. if he stood a chance to beat beat him. I, I got to agree with you, Spanners. I mean, Lewis has got Nico in the palm of his hand when it comes to racing, particularly at the first corner, because Nico should just expect now that if he goes onto the outside, that he is going to be run out of, he's going to run out of room. Equally, though, Lewis should know that if he tries to pass Nico around the outside, Nico's going to return the favour. So you know, there is going to be a moment at some point in the season where the roles are, uh, are reversed. Okay, just, just yeah, hold it, it, it. It's already happened that that has been the case, though. And, it, and not uh, just with the two of them, across the board with any two racers. That's just the way these corners play out always. Chris was like, eventually Rosberg will pay him back. But my point would be, I, I think I think they've already paid each other back several times. But he's still got to know that every time he's gone round the outside, that's happened. Bar, bar one occasion, I think, in, in Barcelona. Apart from Barcelona, he's been squeezed out every time he's gone on the outside for the last three years. And And the exception with the Spain one is, you know, the nature of the corner. Um, the... First two corners in Spain are very sweeping. It's quite easy to carry a lot of speed around the outside. Um, you know, all those other examples, yeah, it's, it's easy to, to squeeze someone out. And, you know, every everybody with, you know, racing in their blood will, will do it. Um, when it comes to doing to your teammate, however, you do sometimes have to kind of give each other a little bit of space, but then there's a championship on the line as well. Ryan? Uh, I know I know I'm sort of going to refer to two wheels, but um, with the nature Ooh. of that sort of corner, it's sort of like a, a flip-flop. And someone who's very famous for uh, being able to pull off moves like what Rosberg's been trying to do a lot is Valentino Rossi. And um, what it is, is you go on the outside of that corner to get on the inside. But the only problem is the car goes under, gets a lot of stress going through on the outside. And... Um, so I think what Rosberg is trying to do is he's a big Rossi fan and watches a lot of MotoGP, <laughs> and this is what is this is what this is what people do is they sort of see see stuff and go right I'm gonna try I'm gonna try that myself, and that's what Rosberg keeps trying to do every time this is ha- this happens is when it comes to a flip flop sort of corner where it's a right left or a left right, and so Rosberg goes on the outside to try and get the inside instead of sort of like you know, going, uh, going behind and waiting for another uh, opportunity. Yeah, so Can I just go, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to freak out about Valentino Rossi for a, for a little bit. No. Just because, oh, okay. <laughs> no, he on, did pull on. some brilliant moves this, he did pull some brilliant moves because uh, he had to go from like eighth to first in this race. So yeah, masterclass in how to overtake in Barcelona right there. Whatever. Bike racing's like Quidditch or something like that. Bic- just... Bicycle racing is just the greatest thing on this earth. Do you know what? I'm just bitter because my wife won't let me ride a motorbike anymore. Oh, true story, How's guys. It? Okay, so is no one's really apportioning any blame. No one thinks there should be a penalty. That's just a pure racing incident. Well, well it, it wasn't even reported to the stewards. So, yeah, definitely racing incident. 
All right, man. Well, I, I really, I really, really hope Rosberg learns from this because I think when we see him being tested in these race conditions, he more often than not fails us. Tony in the chat. Hey, man. Uh, I'm going to throw back to a comment from a while ago. Just quickly, I want to get it in. Uh, an anonymous chat said, uh, Queen V won't like it, but number seven is done. Number seven, Kimi, uh, Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi, Kimi Raikkonen. Like <laughs> you don't like him anyway. He's yeah. the one you described as a terrible, terrible I, person. Yeah, I'm cool with it, but the guy said uh, Queen V don't like it because she loves him. She loves uh, My Kimi, she calls him. Yeah, Vortex Motio. Uh, would Hamilton have won if he didn't put Rosberg off? Point being, if Ham wasn't understeering, he, would, he wouldn't. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. They've punted off Rosberg and Rosberg would have been inside for turn two. Uh, mm-hmm. Hamilton was indicating he wanted to leave room with that, but lost the front end. I was just desperate to leave room for my championship rival to come on the inside, but ah, wouldn't yeah. you know it, oversteer. I don't believe you, Lewis. I just don't believe uh, you. And then, and then he brought it up in the green room as well, because he knew the camera <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Got a bit of, got a bit of understeer there. Did Unbelievable. Can't believe it. Just as was, but ah. Oh. Sorry to the team, but, you know, great for everyone back at the factory, uh, for sure, for sure. All right, guys, uh, let's move on to what I know Matt is dying to get to. You've got a major problem, Sunshine. Well, I'd say the major problem is in the Ferrari strategy pit. But let's see how Matt Trumpet saw it. This is your bag. When it's two teams fighting for the lead on different tyre strategies, the person I go to is Matt Trumpet. You all should too. Right. So here's how I saw it. Ferrari, desperate to win, got it all wrong again. Guys, 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 you're getting it all wrong. I mean, there they are, 
screaming around the backstretch. Button has pulled his car over to set a fire to help warm the fans. <laughs> nice of him. Virtual safety car comes out, you know, being proper British and all that. Yeah. And 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 Ferrari sees that they can get an extra stop in basically for free thanks to the virtual safety car, which disappears when Vettel's about halfway down the down the pits. Okay. <laughs> to his box. So help me because I struggle to follow this. So the virtual safety car. They're all restricted to pit lane speed. Yeah. Okay. So no, not pit lane speed. They're they're restricted to a sector cer- averages. A certain delta. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's in GP two that they are kept on the the pit lane speed limiters. Okay. So and they WEC as well. Uh, well, yes. I, I would suggest that that is because uh, Formula One has more sectors and therefore smaller timing points. No, is that wrong, Matt? Well, it, the the issue is one of great complication, but it would be much simpler if they were just required to be on the pit limiter. It would, the wouldn't safety it? Car was 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 eliminated. Ryan, you had a point. Uh, well, I, I was just going to say the fact that they uh, they got to go to deltas, um, but uh, yeah, um, I think that uh, I, I'm not sure. Was it were they on the virtual safety car and they already went round the first time, and then the, the Ferrari were like. Oh wait, we're still on the virtual safety car. Let's bring him in, and um, so I think they decide they decided, yeah, we're, let's bring him in. I think had the virtual safety car stayed out longer, then obviously it would have paid off. But uh, Ferrari being Ferrari, they decide to leave it a bit too late. The the thing is, right. is that that is too much of a gamble to go off when you have just overtaken both Mercedes ahead of you. If Ferrari had just covered off Mercedes, they would have won that race. You've got the lead. You've got track position. Why would you do anything different? It, with the low temperatures that they had, there's no way that Lewis would have been able to undercut Seb because he wouldn't have been able to get the tyre temperature on that opening lap. It was one of those races where staying out longer would have been more beneficial. So why would you n- just not cover off the Mercedes? Matt, I don't agree with Chris, Matt. want to hear what you got to say. Well, I, I can understand why they did what they did. They thought they could get a pit stop basically for free out of it. And they thought, given the weather conditions, it would be faster. They were just wrong about that. They were wrong about how Mercedes tires would degrade. And they were wrong about how they would be able to extract the speed from those tires. And what especially interests me is given that they this would have been a second stint starting around, uh, around lap 14 – why they chose to go to the super soft tire rather than to go to the soft tire Mm. and save their ultra soft or a super soft for the end of the race when it would have had the biggest delta to a very long running soft tire. None of that made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, so I've I've got the the two questions I've got for people who know stuff is firstly, was it were they always going for a two stop strategy? Because Anil Palmer was saying to me he thought that they were going for two stop strategy they 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 look at possibilities you know like they have a safety car this lap we do this vsc this lap we do this it probably was on the borderline of ability to switch to a two stopper and have a faster time for their car but you know what else caught them out too was they wound up stuck behind the red bulls for a couple of laps particularly behind ricardo yeah, and and this definitely didn't help them much at all. 
Um, I was just going to say, um, as we saw all, all through uh, the majority of the race, uh, Vettel was quite uh, aggressive on his tyres and locking up quite a lot into the corners. So I felt that the way that Vettel was on those ultra soft tyres that were already scrubbed from qualifying, I don't feel as though Vettel, the way he was going, could have actually made it on a one stop. Well, the, I was. You brought up the point that I was uh, sort of going to bring up is that it definitely didn't help the fact that he ran through the final chicane three times during that race, <laughs> which probably cost him four, five seconds, something like that. Yeah, no, it didn't help, but it's interesting. That was the same problem that Kimmy had had the day before, and Kimmy complained about the front end of the Ferrari, in particular having problems with getting the tires at the right temperature. And so he wound up at the end of the race chasing on soft tires, which have a higher operating temperature. The supers were, would have been the best choice for them chasing down because, as we saw in Monaco, they came on quickest. And that was, that was what was reported over the weekend, too, that even though they have the same, the supers and the ultras, the same operating window, the supers came on, switched on quicker. Oh, oh, dear. Accepting your call has hung up the complete rest of the thing. I am going to hang up on you. Try and call me again. Well, sorry about that, guys. I'm learning some lessons about taking live calls. Hello, everyone. Guess what I did? I oh, hello. I, Put hello. Us on hold. Well, I accepted the caller, but not by adding him to the group. So. Uh, answering this call will put your active call on hold. I don't know why it's done that. Okay, tell you what, I'm going to try and add him to the group. Okay, let's see if we can get him back on the line now. This is a scary visual. Oh my gosh, we have the fat hippo on the line. What have you got to say about this week's race? I don't often um, agree with Vortex Motio, but you guys are lacking a little balance on your panel. Go for it. Because nobody was um, defending Rosberg, even the one who said he was a fan of him. Um, so, um, I think Lewis might have opened the can of worms this uh, today, because yeah. I watched Nico in the, in the interview on German TV afterwards, and uh, he pretty much said, I'll be making sure next time on on the other side of the of the duel. So, he, what, so he's uh, finally accepted that going down the outside isn't going to work after three years. No, he finally accepted that he has to run Lewis off the road if he wants to win. Well, I mean, that's a dangerous thing to say because <laughs> the next time he does it, you just go, well, he said he was going to, so three-point penalty, five-place grid penalty. Yeah, but, uh, okay, yeah. but Hippo, I'm going to ask you this isn't the exit of a turn like that isn't this don't we see this move all the time and and when is yeah, it ever but, even but, investigated it's just i mean but, like i understand but, he are you saying he feels entitled to more because they're teammates no no uh, you can't say well he has always been run off the road so uh, he <laughs> should have known it uh, that doesn't make it right you can't go around and, well i used to shoot people i've, I've always done that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, all, right, all right, then, Hippo. Let me ask you: If Rosberg didn't yield and didn't go off the track, Lewis runs off and hits him, and there's a collision. Yeah. Who's well, you make that well, Lewis's well, fault? Well, he, he he would be twenty four points up in the championship at not nine points. It's a good point. Easy That's as that. a risky game to play because what if Lewis had continued? 
it, of course, it's a risky game, but that way he just made himself lose his doormat again, and uh, he will lose the championship because of that. Absolutely fantastic contribution. So glad to have you calling in, uh, Hippo. It's fantastic to have a completely unbiased view from a German about the German driver. So we we, yeah. we appreciate that. I'm, I'm always unbiased. I'm, it's my second name. And of course, people can find you at SpannersReady.com at the moment doing some absolutely fantastic rants. Please, please don't stop writing those. I won't. See you later, okay. Hippo. There you go. I, do you know what? I, I do think this panel is slightly... Lewis leaning, I guess, but I really, I That's really, just you. I know. I just, I don't think there's a case to answer this time. I don't think it's like controversial, like it was in Barcelona, where you could look at a lot of different factors and every different camera angle. This is just a simple case of, you know, someone defending his line uh, on the outside of a corner. We've seen it a million times. But let's get back to uh, the Hamilton, sorry, the Hamilton Ferrari no, Mercedes battle, Chris, because I don't agree with you that Mercedes would have won anyway. Uh, sorry, that Ferrari would have won anyway. I think this was Mercedes' battle either way. However, I do agree with you. The first point is, if you've got a very fast Mercedes behind you and you've got a chance to defend, because I think they did have the power to sort of defend, you don't unleash that Mercedes. If you think you've got yeah. more pace than him somewhere else in the race on a different tyre, then that's all fine and well. But you don't let him go when he's on much faster. Because I think... He was faster. Go on, Ryan. Well, that goes to a point that um, uh, brings me to a point that I think Paul Resta made on the Sky uh, coverage. But uh, the um, Mercedes struggles being in the toe of other cars. I mean, we saw it with uh, Rosberg because he was struggling to pick his way through a lot slower cars. And uh, so I think that was also another problem with uh, Ferrari. You muted before the end of your sentence. But I think the word was Ferrari. It's the red car. T, what's going on in the chat? Speaking of Ferrari, uh, talking about uh, the tacticians, yeah. uh, one of the anonymous guys, I'm going to substitute words and say rubbish. Under the weather conditions <laughs> of today, they didn't know what tyre degradation would be, so yeah. how could they make a call? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Matt said Arriva Bene called it a mistake. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Vortex. Arriva Bene is good at selling cigs, but not the smartest fella. Hippo said they blew it big time. Third team, they shafted their driver this year. And Anonymous jumped in and says, oh, Ricardo will fit in well at Ferrari. He should be used to getting done over by his team. I know. And tell you what, <laughs> if, if you if you spent all week telling your team how terrible they were at pit stops, and then, oh, look, there's a bit of a sticky tyre. doesn't quite get put on in time. Can I just, can I just say? Yes, you can. Again. Absolutely. Uh, you can definitely say. <laughs> In in all this time that Mercedes has been dominating F1, have other teams forgotten how to win Grand Prix? Because it seems like uh, yep. 90% yeah. of the time when Mercedes open the door for another team, they fluff it. Yeah, It's and, incredibly frustrating. And I, and I said last week, I think, with Ferrari that it's just whack-a-mole. Whatever, there's, whatever problem they solve, another one comes up. And you could see how angry Arriva Benny was in, those, in, in the interviews after the race. And he said it was just a mistake. I don't believe the thing about the, the tyre that they misunder, that they undersold the, the tyre thing. I think they made a snap decision under the safety car that turned out to be wrong. They thought they could exploit an advantage in the safety car. And and it just wasn't on. And I think they made a strategy call, which isn't Ariba Veni, is it? And I think he was very mad about it. Yeah, because that was that was that was I mean, you I want to say it was a race win. Looking at Vettel at the end of the race, having trouble with that final chicane. Yeah. 
imagine Hamilton behind him on the same tires in the last five laps. Yep, yep. That would have been spectacularly fun to watch. Yeah. But track position is everything. We, As you pointed out earlier, Rosberg struggled in his traffic. He practically ran out of fuel. That ultimately, I think, was why he couldn't get back past Verstappen. That in the good defense. Yep. Is, is, is they were not set up to do anything but run at the front. And once you take that away from them, their life gets a lot more difficult very quickly. Yeah, I, I just found it unbelievable. You've got the Merc behind you. Just keep them behind you. If he gets past, yeah, that's the time to look at some alter, alter, alternate strategies. Uh, yeah, but the, I think they blew it. But in their defense, I think Mercedes had this anyway. Because if you look at Hamilton when he went onto the softs, and you're thinking, well, he's got to make those softs last. I think he managed the race. And when Vettel came out behind him, had to fight his way through the traffic, another great strategy call, uh, and sort of closed that gap up to six seconds, a gap that was tumbling suddenly stopped tumbling, which tells me that six seconds is about where Hamilton wanted that gap to be. Two laps before the end of the race, Hamilton did a lap in the 115s. He was never in any serious danger. I he agree. was just He was matching. He was just keeping Vettel at bay with as little effort as possible. And I don't think... Because you saw that... Yeah, yeah. And if it was switched around, I I think he had the pace and the tyres to to get past him because if they hadn't have done that strategy and Ferrari had gone one stop, then Vettel wouldn't have had the tyre advantage and Hamilton would have been able to get past. So I really think this was Mercedes' day and all the Ferrari fluffing just added a bit of drama, which is great. See, I'm going to disagree, though, because his tire degradation and 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 car temperatures would have been significantly different once he closed up on Vettel. And you can't assume, although it looks like it, you can't assume that he would have been successful or that Vettel would have had the same problems because had their roles been reversed. We don't really know what would have happened. It looks like, based on what we saw, it was Mercedes race no matter what, but it would have been much more Ferrari's race to lose had they not opted for that pit stop on lap 14. Ryan, I just held up a, oh. an uh, look, I experimented with little cue cards. So I've written R on the piece of paper and held it up to my camera. Is it is that visible? Only oh, no. just now. Uh, <laughs> see, R is for Ryan. That's your name. What's your point? Well, obviously, going to what uh, Matt's been saying about uh, Hamilton following uh, uh, Vettel, uh, we saw that with Rosberg with Verstappen, because obviously, because Rosberg was in the hot and dirty air of Verstappen, it was causing his cars to overheat and his brakes to overheat, which is why we saw him on the back straight coming out and getting some clean air. Um, But uh, I don't think that was what was to do with uh, uh, Rosberg going off in the end. I think by the looks of things, he had the uh, brake bias uh, turn more to the back than to the front. I, I just wanted to give a, a big shout out to Max Verstappen for actually defending a corner um, in that race. T, what are the chat room going on about? Ah, a few bits and bobs, mate. Uh, Vortex, uh, Vettel's errors and Hamilton running his tyres as long as he did indicate Mercedes still has a few tenths over Ferrari. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that yeah, he's got another comment. So Rosberg's error was to go with a setup without enough downforce. It hurts his abilities to pass on the track. Did he? Did he maybe you know kind of expect Lewis to be on pole given his track record there? So maybe set his car up so that it would be quicker in a straight line to make it easier to overtake and uh, defend against Lewis. It is entirely possible. Yeah. Well. 
obviously he wouldn't have had to have had these pro- uh, had to deal with Max if it wasn't for the fact that he had to come in with a slow puncture earlier on in the race, which oh, he didn't yeah. want to be doing. Yeah, he didn't need that. His main his main way of getting past Verstappen was going to be the final turn and turn one. Verstappen defended very well. It looked like Chris. Yeah, really. Well. I mean, it's difficult to um, kind of defend that chicane because usually the slipstream effect plus DRS is so great that a driver is, you know, long gone by the time you even hit the braking zone. Um, and of course, we saw, you know, Max defending the inside of that uh, final chicane, which of course then makes him slow off of um, the corner. And he then has to defend again into turn one and did so very cleanly. And, um, you know, Rosberg did what maybe he should have done on lap one and backed out of a move on the outside of the first corner. I think at that point, is it fair to say that emotions might have been taking the making uh, taking oh, over? Oh yes, yeah, yes, most definitely. I mean, if you had seen, he was uh, frustrated after lap one, let alone lap sixty-eight. Yeah, um, I was sort of thinking there was one move that I sort of saw uh, Verstappen do uh, when defending into turn one, where it almost sort of felt it was like a do or die sort of uh, thing. Like he just chucked it in and then sort of just hoped Rosberg wasn't anywhere near him. And then it was just like it just almost cut <laughs> off the nose of Rosberg into two, turn one. And I thought that was a bit risky, that one. He was very lucky, was uh, Max, that when Nico had his uh, moment that he didn't collect uh, young Max, and say he just actually just just went across the front of him. He, he really got, got he there. got away with it. Yeah. So I'm a delighted you're calling him young Max now because it means you've been reading my race reports. But uh, equally, <laughs> oh, I tell you what, you want to be watching Formula Spy, reading their articles now to see if he's picking up on uh, the the trumpetisms. Oh, you you don't want to you don't want to look at it for that reason. Just look at it for you know the fact that it's all good quality stuff. Control C, Control V. Okay, yeah, cool. Very nice. But 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 let's not forget the overtake on Raikkonen that came before because that was an epic thing to watch. It was it was really amazing the way he just chucked it up, and and the difference between the tires becomes so obvious at that point. Like how he how late he was able to break and how far like the closing speed was just remarkable. Although yeah, Kimmy, you know I get it, but even still. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, special mention, because obviously running out of time, but special mention for Vettel's overtake on Ricardo into the hairpin, because I don't think we saw any other lunges in the hairpin. I thought that was a fantastic overtake, like really, really ballsy. He's just impressed me, Vettel, all weekend. Uh, he's just been he's been fast, he's been ballsy, apart from, you know, the seven lockups into the final turn. Uh, but yeah, there you go. So we did see some good overtakes. Canada kind of delivered. So a bit unfortunate it didn't rain because I was quite looking forward to to that. I nearly put a bet on no safety car. Now, does the virtual safety car count in these? Ooh, that is a that's a good point. Ooh, I have yeah. to ring my local bookies and find out. T, anything from the chat before we go to the podium? Uh yeah, anonymous various numbers. You can says, just say guest. Driver of the race says what? who? Sorry, I said you can just say guest. No, I like to be more accurate. Anonymous, okay. some numbers, said, Bottas was driver of the race. The Williams looked good. And then uh, he then said a little bit after, I saw Vettel do several practice starts. He was like a rocket. Now, I know that... Um, oh, there's a, hu- there's a human coming in front of Matt. <laughs> that, um, oh, that didn't sound right. Uh, the Williams 
are, in my mind, I thought they would be suited because it's basically a series of rocket launches and they have no downforce whatsoever. Summers was telling us last week that, in fact, the teams treat it as it's not just like a low downforce circuit. So I was surprised William was was so strong. Yeah, well, they've been uh, seemingly lost in the wilderness for some time now. Hi, Mrs. Trumpets. Yeah, everyone's saying hi to you. Hi. (laughs) Anyway. They've seemingly been lost for a while, but they've been at it. And I think they finally started to put their package together in a way that makes sense for them, that that gets back to their maximizing the tracks where they have the ability to do well, because they clearly did not force India look to be no threat to them at all. McLaren, no threat to them at all. And they were they were harassing Red Bull and the slower Ferrari, which is what they should have been doing, at least until Mass's engine said goodnight. They were the quickest car in the uh, speed trap as well, which definitely helped. Um, they weren't all that confident after qualifying, were they? They, they kind yeah, of well, uh, ag- agreed that they were going to be around sort of like fifth, sixth, seventh, that sort of pace. Um, but yeah, pleasant surprise for them. Right, yeah, but it, it's 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 still it's these tires and these temperatures. You know, I think I think the teams that you see behaving like that aren't on top of the tires and the teams that feel very confident are the ones that feel like they really know what's going to happen. And that's going to be your difference every time. Well, thank you very much, guys. Um, it's been absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad you all committed to like doing this recording 45 minutes after the podium ended. So let's wrap up and start talking about podiums and concluding things with this music. I like when Chris dances to things. So, post-race observations. Hamilton does his little Ali shuffle. Quite like that. I was entertained. Can't help but feel, I don't know, with celebrity Lame. celebrity deaths. I always just go, just why don't you like pay tribute to a celebrity who's still alive, but maybe looking a bit dodgy? Mm? Well, I don't know, but I, I, for one, was a big fan of the Ali tribute. Ali was, was really the greatest, and it was nice that he... Uh, Nice nice that he gave him the shout, as it were. Yeah, but the podium interview came up, and I was like, oh, no, no Justin Bieber. What? I thought the internet said that Justin Bieber what was going to be there. What a relief. What are you on about? No, because, you know, Twitter, Twitter never lies. He's a nice young lad, that Justin Bieber. He did a YouTube video, didn't he? Came from nowhere, and now he's done really well. Super happy for I was, him. I was devastated he wasn't there. I've got the Bieber fever big time. But me and Tony are of a generation where we stopped caring about music just as Bieber did that YouTube video. Oh, look at that nice lad. He's done really well. And then we've just forgotten about music for the last however long, for the last decade. So we're like, oh, look, there's that lad again. He's doing really well. But everyone hates him. So now what do we think of celebrity (laughs) interviews in general? Douglas had, Michael Douglas, he went up there with a pre, he obviously had a pre-prepared thing. And Lewis was just trampled all over it we're going hey yeah how's it going Uh, would you prefer that we just had like a professional pundit doing those interviews or do we not care i think it's it's nice every now and again having you know a big name doing it because it's nice to kind of bring you know formula one's all about you know glamour and celebrities and all that stuff so i think it's nice to every now and again bring it in i don't want it every week 
I find it lame and cringeworthy, to be honest. Yep. I see what they're doing. It makes good business sense for the sport, yes. you know, famous people. Like, what I think Spanners brought that up the other week about Bieber and that. It, it, it makes sense. I see why they're doing it, but I'd, I'd have to disagree with you, Chris. I think it's cringeworthy. I'd rather get a proper dude on there. Ryan, or, or sometimes lady. it is. Well, I think it's all right when they have um, celebrities on who are actually into the sport, but like it's quite obvious when you ha- have celebrities on there that obviously have no idea what they're talking about and they've just been given a pre-prepared uh, uh, speech and it's sort of like, yeah, you did well in this race. How do you feel about that then, that you you just won that race? And Michael you know? Douglas had clearly been given some stats to remember that he got wrong. So I'll go to T first. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> Anonymous in a chat room said Tony the bald guy should do the interviews oh yeah how, how good would that be that would be epic I would what? pay for that I was going to say I think Ryan's got it basically correct but in my own experience anytime you give an actor lines and then someone goes off them you're just asking for trouble you know it's just like you mm. need someone like a comedian, someone who's used to a little improvisational setting if you're going to do stuff like that. No, but you'll like this, though. They took it away. They took it away. <laughs> Tony the bald guy should do the interview. It's like, yeah, guys, this guy said I should do it. Isn't that great? And then he went, if he learns to speak English. <laughs> and that is this week's comment of the week, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I think it is. That's fantastic. Okay, then, well, who do we think stepped into their Knight Rider car and deserves the plaudits of the Driver of the Weekend. Let's go to Chris Stevens. Uh, Driver of the Weekend, I'm going to say Valtteri Bottas. Cool. Did a really great job. Uh, can I I give a, a, a secondary, not quite Driver of the Day, but Person of the Week? Can I mention yeah, of Claire course. Williams? Yeah, can I mention you can. Claire Williams for her OBE. Yeah, oh, congratulations! Yeah. I tell you what, Williams—they—they they have got—they've got like a relative in the palace or something, haven't they? Because Patrick Head got it about five minutes ago as well. Yeah, he did very good stuff. Yeah, congratulations! So completely not race related. That is the kind of non sequitur thinking I've come to expect of you. Fantastic, Ryan Ferret Ferris. Who is your driver of the week or personal thing? I was also going to say Valtteri Bottas. You can. That's that's allowed. No, think of another yeah. one. Uh, um, Don't uh, give in to Chris. Don't give in to peer pressure. All right, fine. <laughs> go on. Give us another one. All the time. Yeah, but I've got so, the hang-up button. Go on. Uh, yeah, I'd go... <laughs> well, before the... Uh, if it weren't for the fact that uh, the uh, engine packed in, I would have said button scenes as how well his weekend was going before, but uh, I, I don't know. Uh, really, I was going to go Valtteri Bottas. Oh, very young. What will you leave us this time? Sorry, listeners. I apologise for their youth. Matt Trumpets, let's have some sensibleness. I was going to say, you could totally go with button. I mean, look, he pulled his car over and set a fire to warm the spectators. How could you not think that was a magnanimous gesture i didn't see the post-race interviews but is it true that he instinctively complained about a lack of grip before remembering that it was an engine failure (laughs) may well have been who's your thing or driver of the weekend matt well see now i feel like you've changed the rules on me because all of a sudden it's the weekend and it was the race last time it says in the show notes thing of the weekend yeah, well, whatever you said, race last time. Okay, give me an answer. I refuse to believe, and, and I, I, I will reject your reality and substitute my own here. But if we were just going for the race, I might have to go for Carlos Sainz as he went from P20 to P9 and managed some points without ever hitting a thing, which was pretty amazing given where he started. I, I really like Carlos Sainz. 
I like everything and, and, about him. And, and, and so I, I might have to hand it to him. You can't knock Lewis for making the tires last that long. Mm-hmm. It did not look hard, but I'm sure it was a bit more challenging than, than, than otherwise. But yeah, Botas for looking almost excited, which for a Finnish person is amazing. I think really also possibly deserves some plot. I, I, so there I, you go. I think That's you're right. Hamilton, he, he had to get through turn one and, and the Mercedes probably did a lot of the rest this weekend. Tony, you were celebrating just then, which tells me you're either watching the football or someone has given you an opinion you can use for thing of the week. Nope. I was actually... Uh, what, how, what's the word? Yeah, I was expressing my dissatisfaction at Matt stealing the thing that I was going to say. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I will go with impressive performance by Verstappen holding off Rosberg for so long at the back end of the race. Yeah, yeah that was yeah insightful and forcing uh, a mistake from a competent driver. Uh, I'm going to go for Sebastian yeah. Vettel. Uh, all weekend, I think that that qualifying time was much more Seb than the Ferrari. All right then. Who missed the apex? I'm going to go first. And I think I'm going to go first. And I'm going to give it to Lewis Hamilton because you're not supposed to hit your buddy. Oh, no, you hit your buddy. And he keeps hitting his buddy. And I mean, I'm saying it to Nico Rosberg as well, to both of them. But I think if anyone's to blame today more than the other, it's Hamilton. But it was a racing incident. But quit hitting each other, guys. Just, just stop it. Stop it right now. As a parent of two young kids, quit it. Chris Stevens, who missed the apex for you? Cop out answer, Ferrari strategists. That's fine. I Is it one fair. particular guy that we can blame? I, I do prefer blaming an individual. Um, I, you know, I, off the top of my head, I cannot remember Ferrari's uh, strategy no, no, team, it's, but it's just, uh, I'll, say, I'll find out for next week's show. Nicky Ruada. Trumpets, who is your <laughs> failed person? Uh, Chris Stevens for not remembering the name of Ferrari strategist. Yeah, he's an idiot. Tony, who is your missed Apex Award going to? Was it Alonso in like lap 64 was like, oh, on the radio, do you want to stop now? It was in 12th place or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and no. they were like, um, no, keep going in case we get a point of some answer to other cars. And rightly so. I mean, how much is he being paid? Like, look, mate, do your job. Stop complaining. It's not yes, Friday afternoon trying. in an office. We're not sacking it. It's not casual <laughs> Friday. You're not in your own clothes. The tone of the guy in the radio reply was like, dude, what? What kind of a stupid question is that? I love it. Who missed the apex for you, Ryan Ferris? Renault. The team or the engine? Uh, Well, you know, they forgot to put tyre blankets on tyres. And so uh, they went, uh, uh, Eric's, not Ericsson, um, uh, Magnussen went off... uh, uh, during his outlap was trying to warm up the tires and then all of a sudden the the end so it meant that he missed qualifying and then his uh it was palmer's uh engine went kaput after a few laps so just renault in general that's a fair call yeah. and the award for kind of having a bit of a paddy daddy i want a pony and i want it now goes to arriba veni for his interview on sky where he looked angrier than a big angry red thing he looked like a man that does not have control of his team and i think matt that he may well be on his way and the rumors are true because didn't we didn't we experience this exact same dribble of rumors with why is his name escaping me the former two luca de montezimolo that's the one two principles ago this is how it went down and i I think we're going to see it go the same way 
Yeah, he did not. He he did not look like the pressure was off his shoulders, no. <laughs> as it were, in that interview at all. It looked like there was going to be an unhappy set of inner office memos landing in his inbox Monday morning. Ryan, I, I just find it funny that um, uh, Demonte Zemolo and Ariva Bene. It seems those two people, Ferrari, uh, since Ariva Bene came to Ferrari, it's sort of like it's uplifted Ferrari, and they've became better where they were sort of having torrid seasons when they had uh was it i'm trying to think is it marco mattiacci i can't remember who mattiacci was, was in between yeah marco mattiacci so uh yeah excellent guys that about wraps it up if you are finding us from the links and the player at spannersready.com be sure to go into your own android windows or itunes app and search for Missed Apex by Spanners Ready and subscribe. We'd love an iTunes review. Chris Stevens, people can find you at Formula Spy, writing stuff, yep. and on Twitter at... Stevens underscore Geno. Underscores are an awful thing to have on Twitter. Matt Trumpets, what are you pushing these days? I'm pushing the wife's book, A Common Scandal. Oh, you said you were going to remind me to buy it, and I've completely forgotten. Buy the thing. A Common Scandal on amazon tony you run a little blog called a dad's view blog yes a dad's view blog.com yeah and i write about my stumblings through fatherhood mostly laughs at my expense so if you like that kind of thing go over and uh your recent blog about story time and the adventures you take your kids on you being a brave knight and all the rest of it absolutely wonderful read so go to a dad's view blog.com ryan ferris people find you at downforce radio Yep, and you can also find me at ferret115, that's I-T, not E-T. And you will find me lurking around on www.spannersready.com. We're trying to give you things to read as well as listen to. And hey, follow me at SpannersReady, a predictable Twitter handle. But remember that wounds heal, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. This has been Missed Apex. See the three guys with hair proper flinging it about everywhere, and there's me and Tony just embarrassedly kind of going, oh. I've still got it despite the haircut. Have you noticed, guys, right? You put a good mic and a mixing desk in front of Chris Stevens, and he's walking around the place like he's Lord of the Manor, <laughs> swinging it around like he owns the place. But, but it does make you wonder why you've got such an awful haircut. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.